All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What happened, Jordana? Oh, I spilled some water. Oh, okay. You're just off camera, oh. and then all of a sudden I hear expletives coming from your feed. Yeah. I mean, jeesh. Yeah. You going to make it? Yeah. Um, I'm going to make it. Okay. I'm going to be okay. Okay, good. Do you think Jorge Polanco videotaped him getting let go from the twins? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess no. You don't think so? No. Because well, that's he did a get let now. go. He got traded. It's a little different. He still has a job. Is it? Yeah, he got traded. He still has a job. He's still under contract. He's just uh, with a different team now. That kind of sounds like getting fired to me. <laughs> okay, it's kind of like getting fired. All right, let's talk quick takes. After a brief closure, Soderbergh's Floral on Lake Street reopens this week under new ownership. The store uh, announces closure at the end of 2023. Uh, they have a rich history going back to their opening in, get this, 1932. And the store will reopen this Friday again uh, under new ownership. Uh, this awesome. may be a good sign for Lake Street, an uh, area that was damaged heavily by the riots after George Floyd's murder. Um, Jor, do you, I know you live in the Lake Street neighborhood. Do you yes, notice do. Mm-hmm. Uh, more businesses coming back to that area? Um, I, I still see a lot of businesses that are boarded up, but... You know, it cha- it changes. Um, gosh, David, I, I'd i like to see more. I got to be honest. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of work to do. I mean, this is a really good start. Good job, Soderbergh's. I will go and buy flowers. But I we need to see more. Yeah. There needs to be more investment, and we need to bring it back. And people need to come because, you know, Mark and I go out there for dinner. We I bring the kids there. We walk around. It's safe. I find it to be safe. And um, I hope people help bring it back. Yeah. I think it's tough because there are so many good neighborhoods. There's so many good restaurants. There's so many good places to go in the Twin Cities. And, like, for me, Lake Street is mm-hmm. just a – you know, it's five minutes further than downtown. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I you have images mm-hmm. in your mind of buildings getting burned out and riots. Right. And not that I think about that consciously, but I – I don't know that I've been to that area much recently, and mm-hmm. I guess that's on me, but uh, I think that's sort of the lingering effect of the riots that happened. It needs a big anchor, like the Apple Store used to be here, yes. yep. Chino Latino was here. Mm-hmm. Like It needs a big anchor where people are like, oh, that's the restaurant I want to go to right there. And, yes. and right now, not that we don't have yep. really cute restaurants, and we do have things there, but it's, it sort of needs a big draw, yes. like one of those celebrity chefs to mm-hmm. open a restaurant there to get people uh, in there. So I hope it happens. At uh, You seem confused. You don't know this? At age 80, Barry Manilow just confirmed his mm. Twin Cities, uh, his, I guess, uh, his second farewell tour in the Twin Cities. He was here eight years ago. We thought that was the last. He's but still touring? Uh, apparently, yes. Age 80, Exile Energy Center, oh August 2nd. Tickets go on sale Friday. Um, Stop it. Would you, Jordana, be interested in going to see an 80-year-old Barry Manilow at the X this fall? Or summer, At I the guess. X? Yes. Wow. 
You know, if I was a Barry Manilow fan, like, for example, <laughs> if you say that Bruce Springsteen is coming at age 80 and Bruce is in his 70s, I would go see Bruce. Okay. The thing is, I'm not really a Barry Manilow fan. And I, mean, I appreciate his talent. I'm just, you know, not a huge fan. And it's like watching, for example, the most recent Bon Jovi show that they did here at Target Center. Um, I couldn't go. I was sick at the time. But people said that they were very disappointed because it was not even close to what it used to be, like that it was bad. And as much as I love to look at John Bon Jovi, you know, I just... I don't want to see my faves in decline. Yeah. So maybe I would have to have a very different mindset going in. Like, oh, this is the last time I may see them. And uh, I mean, the man's 80 years old. You know, my dad's 80. And my dad's doing great, thank God. And maybe Barry is still, you know, shaking it on stage. And maybe he sounds great. But I I think I might pass to preserve the memories mm. that... I had had if he were some of yeah. my favorite artists. But I think Bruce would break the ceiling for me. Like Bruce, because always puts on an amazing show. Yeah. So I would do that. But I'm not going to see Barry. It's funny you mentioned Bruce. Uh, he is 74. So only six yeah. years younger than Barry Manilow, yeah. which Manilow seems like, <clears throat> boy, like such an older generation than Bruce yes. Springsteen. Yet they're only six yes. years apart. How about that? Right. Music is very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neutralinks, a company working to develop a computer interface that can be implanted into humans' brains, just placed their first device in a patient on Sunday. That, according to Neutralinks founder, of course, Elon Musk. The product is called uh, telep- uh, telepathy. It sounds like, like okay. a telapia. No, telepathy. Tela- uh, <laughs> and would allow a human brain to control their phone just by thinking. Jordana, is this... New technology, exciting or scary? Okay, here's the deal. It's terrifying. Because if they could put something in your brain, that means they can also control you. So that's terrifying. And that's, of course, worst case scenario. Best case scenario, though, is if you can control your body by thinking, this has enormous implications for those that are paralyzed or sick or, you know, have a... Uh, even a disease like Parkinson's where, you know, you you are shaking and you can't necessarily control your body. So while I see a medical huge upside for this, I also see a place where, oh my gosh, what if the control of these implants was hacked or got into the wrong hands? You know, maybe by no one's fault, but there are bad people in the world. People are bad. They want to do bad things. And I could definitely see somebody trying to build a robots of those with Neuralink yeah. in it. And I know that's very sci-fi, but friends, we have to be very wary of this kind of yes. technology. Well, and step one is somebody who's unable to use their body, mm-hmm. use their hands, is able to use a phone right. or a computer with their minds. Great. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, step two is... Oh, well, if it works for those folks, why don't we just all do that? All of us put this device in so we can all have this ease. And then it gets scary if you got millions of Americans with a computer that's in their I mean. brain. That, yep. that seems troubling. And who has access to the controls yeah. of yeah. that computer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the people who created it have to have some kind of access, right? What if something went wrong? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not it, – it can't totally be you controlling – 
I don't know. There's just got to be a way to hack it, and that makes me super um, nervous. Yeah, I know. Imagine yeah. the next data breach where instead of, oh, oh your social God. security number got leaked, oh, the access to your entire your being, your brain yeah. got leaked, and now <laughs> hackers are demanding money or whatever, something like that. That's, oh, boy. Again, I appreciate Elon's in- ingenuity, and I appreciate the scientists that are working on this. I We must proceed with caution. That scares the crap out of me. <laughs> All right, finally here on Quick Takes, as you know, Jordana, the twins have parted ways with Jorge Polanco in a deal that is sending him to the Mariners. Jordana Green, what are your thoughts on the Jorge Polanco trade? Well, as you know, David, the Minnesota Twins finally broke their offseason silence with a bang Monday night, sending longtime fan favorite Jorge Polanco to the Seattle Mariners in a five-player deal. So in exchange, I don't know if you know this yet, David, but in exchange for the All-Star second baseman, the Twins acquired right-hander starter Anthony Del Scafani, reliever Justin Topa, and highly touted prospects Gabriel Gonzalez and Darren Bowen. The trade marks a significant shift for both teams as the Twins shed a key member of their core and the Mariners land a proven offensive weapon. And Derek Falvey, who, you know, I speak with all the time. So we were just texting this morning about this. Yeah, he was on with Finita. He said, Jorge has been a tremendous contributor to the Twins organization for the past decade. This was a difficult decision, but we believe it positions us for long-term success. I mean, do you want me to go into more in-depth about how Polanco, age 30, spent nine seasons with, with the Twins, establishing him as one of the team's mm, most consistent wow. hitters? Uh-huh. I, mean, uh-huh. I can go on. What was your favorite I, I, uh, What was your favorite moment of the Jorge, Jorge Polanco era for the Twins? Um, I guess when he became a two-time <laughs> All-Star with a career batting average of .281 and on-base percentage of .340. That's, not a, that's However, not a moment. That's not a moment. You're just reading still. Uh, okay, hold on. Um I got to see if there was a moment. Hold on. Uh, I got to see what Google Bard said was his best moment. Because you guys know that was from Google Bard. It's the chat GPT of Bard. And um, yeah, I just, I barded it. I Googled it. Yeah, I did whatever I did. But um, yeah. So here's the deal. Jorge Polanco, in my opinion, it's getting fired. I understand that they got other good stuff. And maybe this is how it works in sports, but there is a trend online about recording one of the worst moments in your life when you get fired. Why in the world are millennials doing this? Let's talk next. We talk a lot about small businesses on this show, about employment, about retirement. Apparently, if you work five days a week from home, you're 35% more likely to be laid off. At least those were the stats from last year. In 2023, completely remote workers, I guess they're easier to lay off, right? You don't have to look them in the eye. You just have to see them on Zoom. It was an analysis of 2 million white-collar workers. They were conducted by uh, live live data technologies. It shows 10% of fully remote workers were laid off last year compared to 7% of those working in the office full-time or on a hybrid basis. So if you are working from home, you're 35% more likely than your in-office colleague to be laid off. And that is if you're totally 100% remote. Maybe you live in a different city, whatever. The trend now 
is to film yourself getting laid off, to record. David, what are we even calling it? I feel old when I say film because, you know, maybe movies are still shot on film, but I say record. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is it stream? Is it, I mean, do people still record? Do they tape things? There's no tape no, anymore. Video is a video to record. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The terminology is all it? changing. Yeah. I got to ask my kids there at school, thank God. But like, I got to, yeah. Do you, do you video yourself? That's, that doesn't seem like proper English, but <laughs> I, I totally digress. But this is a new trend. TikTok videos are all over. These are 20s and 30s somethings. These are, you know, millennials, uh, some older Gen Zers. I think the oldest Gen Zers are like 25 at this point. But what they do is they know it's coming. And layoffs are among us, which, hey, speaking to our conversation last week, if people are getting laid off, that means there's more people available for the workforce. So this is a good thing for those that were complaining that they can't find any workers. People are getting laid off. You can scoop them up. But in TikTok videos all over TikTok, people are recording them being laid off. Most of this is on Zoom because I doubt that an employer would allow you to record them you off. I'm sure that's illegal. And in many of these videos, they don't show the employer. And often they don't name the employer. It's more about the employee's reaction to being laid off and how they do it. Some don't get any severance. And, you know, they'll, I've been laid off. So I know what that's like. You know, we're, this is a difficult time and it's not you. It's the whole team. It's the whole news team. And, um, you know, you'll get three months or whatever. They, you know, they try to make it better for you. Um, but it never feels good. Getting laid off, no matter what you say about Jorge Polanco, it never feels good if you are the one getting laid off. It just doesn't. And back in Back in our day, did, did I really just say that? You know, maybe 20 years ago, we'd be embarrassed by that. We might not tell people or might not tell friends. But this new trend of recording yourself being laid off has totally blown me away. So I was reading a piece about it in the New York Times this morning to help me better understand why younger people are doing this. And I watched a couple of these videos about, I knew it was going to be uncomfortable, but I sat through them. David recorded one or two for you. David, can you, you don't have to say the girl's name or the woman's name, but um, um, I think these kids are about what, 30 years old? Yeah, they're, yeah, kids. late 20s, early 30s, something yeah. like that. And I found, I mean, you, I saw this article and several of these videos this morning. I, I think it is so fascinating to watch these and to see people that know it's coming. Like, we're going to play a shorter yeah. one for you. Mm -hmm. But some of them, like people are documenting their day. They go, well, this calendar invite showed up on my, on my calendar mysteriously last night. And I know that this same invite was sent to this entire team last week and they all got fired. So, like, you know, you know, you know what's happening. And you're like, well, I got two more hours of this job. My, all my meetings got canceled. I guess I'm going to go take a shower and come back and I'll get fired after that. It's just like wild that that's, that's how it works when you work remotely. Like there's no getting called into the office. You just have a no. meeting scheduled for a certain time. And there's, I suppose, a boss or two and an HR person there. Um, yeah. And they just do it. Yeah. 
And then they set it up on camera for you. Yes. You know, they, they have their phone <laughs> and they're sitting in front of their yes. screen and they tell uh, you exactly all of this. Oh, I got this invite and I'm yeah. just waiting and waiting. And then you got to play one. We have time to play one now before yeah. the break. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Here, so, so listen to this and then we'll react uh, afterward as to why they're doing this and if, if this is a, if not a bad thing. So go ahead, David, play it. I'm waiting for them to let me into the meeting room. I'm pretty sure I'm getting laid off today. There are three other people that are supposed to be on the call with me and the CMO. Everyone knows, you know, we've we've been dealing with some pretty uh, drastic changes in the business. As most of you saw and I'm sure uh, heard yesterday, you know, we had to, um, you know, shut down the teleservices division of the business, which was over you know, 800 people impacted by that change. Um, and so that's, that's, you know, a really drastic shift in the business. And unfortunately, you know, it requires us to do the same from the corporate perspective. I want to make sure you all understand that this is, um, you know, a widespread corporate action that's taking place today. Unfortunately, you know, today will be uh, your last day with the organization. Due to the impact that this ruling has had on the business um it's a it's a it's a big impact and at this time we are unable to offer severance to any of the people impacted in this thanks joni i really enjoyed getting to know all of you and i wish you all you know the very best and i hope we get to talk soon well that's exactly what happened it's just sad it sucks because i really like our cmo and I don't know, it's just on to bigger and better things, hopefully. So <laughs> any marketing positions, hit me up. Wow. So she's in tears after not getting severance. And she still said something nice about the CMO. I would be raging. I'd be like, he's a jerk. He's an ass. They're a bunch of idiots. But she didn't. And Let's take a break because it's 1030. I have a lot to say about this. Why is this happening? Is this good or bad uh, for those of us watching and these companies? If you've ever done this, I want to hear about it. 6514619226. We will react to these announcements, these TikTok videos that have gone viral. I'm talking about half a million hits of watching somebody get fired. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The article is actually called Watch Me Lose My Job on TikTok. <laughs> That's what the New York Times headline is. Watch me lose my job. And because I, I guess it was a little macabre, I thought, okay, I'm going to watch. And we played it for you before the break. This young woman uh, is a marketing job. She's got a marketing job and she gets laid off. And she said other people in her company have been laid off. The CMO and a couple of other people, I imagine HR is on the call. And they're saying, today's your last day. Uh, you're not getting any severance. And we're laying off a lot of people. Thank you for your service. And then she tears up and says, okay, everybody, if you know of any marketing opportunities, let me know. 
So I had to read more because I've been laid off and it was embarrassing, even though I got the same speech. Oh, we're laying off a lot of people and it's just because of the times or your show's going away. You know, it look, okay, great. You get laid off, but it's not something I wanted to broadcast. I felt a little embarrassed, but maybe I was embarrassed because that was my generation. You were supposed to be embarrassed. I was taught to be embarrassed if you lose your job. And now that's just a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. And I understand that mostly everybody has been laid off. If you have a long career, at some point, you've been laid off once or twice in your life. And, um, but these people that are putting it on TikTok, they're showing the actual moment. They're recording the actual moment that they got laid off. And at the end of the article, the young people do say, if someone else is going through this situation, at least they know they're not alone. They do sometimes protect the identity, and I'm not saying all of them, but protect the identity of the, the manager who's firing them, and some of them, even the company. But, you know, and then I thought to myself, they're right. I was embarrassed just because that was the social norm. <gasps> Don't get fired. Something's wrong with you if you get fired. If there's a layoff, they only keep the good ones, and you're the one getting laid off. Like, you know, these are all things that are taught to us by our parents or by society. And, oh, they never lay off the really good ones, you know, even if they omit an entire, um, you know, wing or, or section of their company. So, yeah, it, there was shame involved in getting laid off. And I'm feeling that the tide is changing that that not watching these videos and these people wanting to share their experience with others. I thought, Oh, maybe there should be less shame. And me who judge them, like, why would they want to do this? I was wrong because they actually are providing a service because at some point everybody gets laid off. And I wish I had felt less shame about being laid off at the time I was. And then it kind of changed my thinking to, I can't believe these millennials are once again, putting their entire lives on TikTok. But I shifted to good for them. And now they have a community of people, other people getting laid off and they can commiserate together. Did you think that, David? Well, I think so much of this is, and you mentioned this is generational, that, mm-hmm. you know, my my dad worked at a company for almost 30 years. And mm-hmm. that was the norm for a lot of generations where you had you know, one or two or three jobs in your entire career and getting laid off from that was a big deal and was mm-hmm. a reflection on you as an employee. And I think now the way the job market has changed and the fact that people are staying in jobs for two to five years instead of an entire mm-hmm. career, I think getting laid off is often seen as a reflection on the company, not on the employee. So then if I'm... Mm. Getting laid off and sharing that, what I'm the the embarrassment I'm sharing is for the company that just let me off. Look at they are in such trouble that they are forced to lay me off versus I'm in so much trouble that they oh. let me go. Um and I just think that's a big paradigm shift. And it's still sad. And we saw that there was tears in the end of that video we yes, um showed. She was sad. Because mm-hmm. but but I don't think it was tears because Oh, I failed and I've lost my job and what am I going to do? No, she knows she's going to get another job. She knows she's competent. Oh. She knows there's other jobs out there. It's just the, an end of a certain season of life and an end of some friendships oh. that you made at that job. I think that is the sadness. But I think in terms of career, you go, oh, well, bummer. That company failed and they were forced to let me go. 
I guess I'll take my skills somewhere else. Oh, I loved your attitude so much more than mine. <laughs> See, I went, I went, and that's it. David's in his 30s. I'm 51. You know, I went to shame and yeah. this is my fault. And, and again, some people get laid off because it's their fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. I was a little checked out of that job. So I don't blame them for laying me off. I was yeah. a little bored. So uh, no problem. But that's not it. what we heard in the video. It, it was no, like an entire no, section no. of the company that's getting laid off. And there was no, well, let's evaluate your performance. No, the company no. as a whole underperformed, mm-hmm. which means we have to let go of this entire group of people that's on the company mm-hmm. someone asked i'm late to your segment on losing your job are the firings come through coming through a zoom call and maybe this is a negative to working remotely as a remote worker a human to human connection is lost you become a random face and voice and yes texter you you're you're partly correct in that because i did just quote a study that said if you are five days a week remote totally remote you are 35% more likely to lose your job than somebody who at least goes to the office a few times a week. So there is something to be said about that. But yes, these are Zoom firings also, and people are recording them and sharing them because a lot of people are getting laid off. But by the way, I would like to reinvigorate the conversation we had last week that all these people that are getting laid off, and it's quite a few, are you finding it easier to hire? Because now thousands of people are getting laid off. So hopefully people will, uh, the the job market will ease up and there will be more employees for you that are having a hard time finding employees because they're getting laid off. Um, Jor, working your whole life at a company is very old fashioned. Yes, I agree. People under 40 understand that companies think that keeping an employee longer than five years is a liability. Holy Gary, do you really, is it? Companies really think that more than five years is a liability. I've been at CCO eleven years. I better, I better buff up that resume if I'm a liability. <laughs> they might get rid of me. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know that that's a liability because, or I don't know that companies look at it that way. You know, you you retain a not a knowledge base that often people need. We don't want to discount experience. We don't want the turnover yeah. to be so, so high. I, Gary, I hear what you're saying. I think it's more millennials. They get bored. They, they're they like, okay, I'll do this job for a little, but I'm not going to sit in this cubicle yeah. for 40 years. Whereas maybe boomers were more like, I'm lucky to have this job. It pays the health care. Yeah. It pays the bills. I'm not going anywhere. I think, though, if you're a leader of a company, if you're young and you lead a company – I think there is some truth to that where you go, we really? need to have fresh blood in this company all the time. And I, I, I don't subscribe to the, oh, yeah. it's five years in your life. But no, if, if you're a young person leading an up-and-coming creative company, I think absolutely you want to have new, fresh voices coming in all the time because there's some advantage to that. Just like there's some advantage to the wisdom gained over decades in a the field, there's mm-hmm. also an advantage mm-hmm. to a fresh take where you say, hey, if we I can steal somebody maybe from a, an adjacent field or something that can throw some new light on this issue, we might mm-hmm. actually succeed more. And it's interesting that you bring that up. I'm hearkening back to a conversation we had where some companies, i.e. Apple, have a mandatory retirement age, like 75. That's why Al Gore is resigning from their board and he's just on their board. But at Apple, you can't work there anymore after a certain age. And that's just the company policy. 
And I'm not saying that that should be company policy. Some people need to work later in their life. And if you're still a viable worker, go for it. No problem. But um, then it gives new opportunity for younger people to get in. You're lucky if you can retire. I understand some people are in a bad way where they feel they can't retire. That was a conversation we had a few weeks ago, but I'm a little off track here. This was about getting laid off in public. And instantly I thought, wow, I can't believe millennials are doing this. That's shameful. How embarrassing. And then after watching some of these videos, I really empathized with these kids. And I thought, what a great way to sort of have a shared experience. Because I do remember after I got laid off, other people said to me, yeah, I've been laid off. And hey, if you don't get laid off at least once, it's not a real career. You know, those were actually kind words. But then I had an uncle he's a jerk anyway, who said to me, oh, great, all that education and all those years for nothing, for nothing. Oh, what a waste, you know, because he was a jerk and he was really old and he was just a jerk. But it was comforting to have other people who were in the same boat share that experience. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a little depressing to watch. But if you're going through it, I can see why you would seek out other videos yeah. like this. And I reversed course thinking, oh, yeah. these millennials, they just want, now they're, they're getting attention for getting, being bad at their jobs. <laughs> and um, I feel differently yeah. now. But, you know, to go back to when you got laid off, it was a time where um, there was a recession happening. The yes. world of media yes. was changing and an mm-hmm. entire um, news organization or a wing mm-hmm. of your company got, all, got mm-hmm. axed all at once. So mm-hmm. again, that was a reflection on the market and the world where yeah. it was and the organization you worked for that was failing in that way. And that's why you let go. It wasn't a failing on you. It was a failing on the company. Well, thank you, David, for making me feel so much better <laughs> about that. Had I posted it 20-something years ago, you could have made me feel better. Yeah. Ha- had there I, been internet or <laughs> no, there was gonna, internet. I'm just going to go out on a wing and say, exactly. if you would have posted that video, there would have been a lot more tears. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Yes, I would have been apoplectic. That's right. It's never fun. So uh, interesting. Interesting. Watch me get fired on TikTok. It's a thing. It's also 1048. That is uh, a Linda's construction time check. Time to request a complimentary heat map analysis to see if your home is as energy efficient as it could be. Vanita is the best person I know. I got to be honest. She really is. She is the nicest person in the world. We are doing the uh, Hunger Mission Radiothon uh, next week, Second Harvest Heartland Radiothon. That is happening next week. No, Thursday. Th- this week, Thursday. Thursday. Two so days sorry. from now. Oh, God. See? I time it's next month if you want to be technical about it. But Okay, uh, maybe that was Thursday it. Maybe the it's first, in my yeah. February calendar. So, Vanita put out an all call here to uh, the station and said, hey, guys, To get in the spirit of Second Harvest, do you guys want to volunteer at today's harvest, which is like a market during shopping hours? You can help restock shelves and sort fresh produce and help prepare for weekly food distribution. They have about 700 shoppers a day at today's harvest market. And David and I and the family said, let's go do it. So I am excited about doing that today in honor of Second Harvest, and we will be able to uh, help out and see the inner workings of what's really what really goes on at a food shelf. It's called Open Cupboard, 
and today's harvest. It's um, in Oakdale, and I'm really excited about going up there today. Now, I bring this up because in the next hour, we are going to talk about what responsibility organizations like churches or synagogues and food shelves have in our neighborhoods. You know, if you have a food shelf, and, and maybe that's as simple the question, do you have a food shelf in your neighborhood? How does it operate? And are you glad the food shelf is in your neighborhood? Or are you going to do the not in my backyard food shelf in your neighborhood? You're nodding at me. You're, well, did you want to jump in? You don't have to. Uh, yeah, I do want to jump in because I, I, Katrina and I were just having a conversation about this, about hmm. like, how should we be involved in our community in a better way? Mm-hmm. And to me, like a food shelf, something as simple as there are, mm-hmm. there are people and, and children in our very community and in your community that don't have mm-hmm. enough to eat. And of all the mm-hmm. problems in the world, and there are many, uh, that is like the most vivid and the most close to home. And to me, that should be a no-brainer mm-hmm. no matter what. So that's why I'm excited about and I, I guess we can talk more mm-hmm. a lot about that on Thursday. But yes, if we can't feed the kids next door, like right. then shut it down as a society. Like, we ha- like that should be the easiest problem. So I- I'm all for... Um, having those types of facilities in our communities and supporting them and volunteering and giving money and food and all those things. But it's not so easy for everybody, David, because helping the homeless may bring on some criminal charges because some people who don't necessarily feel like you are charging churches or going to local authorities saying churches are violating zoning codes by providing food and shelter. And these are congregations across the country that are doing their best to either run a food shelf or maybe even house. We, we have a major housing crisis in this country. You guys have seen the tent cities that get constantly cleared out. Where do those people go? Sometimes they go to shelters, but others don't. So church leaders are responding to this crisis, saying, okay, we're here to help. And yet some of them are getting cited for zoning violations. I just wanted to bring it out because that is what we are going to talk about in the next hour. I want to hear from you. Is this something your church does? Is this something your ch- you want your church to do? Or maybe you're like, no. I don't want my church housing homeless people. I'm worried about that. 651-461-9226. We're going to have that conversation after the news. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.